Let's get to it. Uh, let's pray the Lord's Prayer. Uh, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. It's the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. I hope that, um, for, for those of you who have, have been in each of the uh, the last two classes, this is the third and there'll be two more, I hope that you're beginning to to think and um, sort of pay attention uh, about the word, the depth of the words uh, that, that we're praying when we pray the Lord's Prayer. Because we, as we've said, we, we just know it so well that we can we can just just skim right over the top of it and, and never and not let it really sink into our hearts. But um, I think we're going to continue to see, even as we look at um, this, the first petition that has to do with us, uh, give us this day our daily bread, uh, just the, the incredible depth uh, of this. I think there's 65 words. I didn't count it, but I, some, one of the commentators said there's 65 words in this prayer, and it covers our, our, whole, our whole life. I want to ask, um, why pray? It, it, um, you have, you've never, you may never have asked that question or thought about it, um, because you, you've been told your whole life that you're to pray as part of a relationship with God, that you are to pray. But what are, uh, what are, what are the reasons other than the fact that we're commanded to pray? Jesus doesn't say if you pray, pray like this. He says when you pray, pray in this way. Um, so the assumption is that you're going to pray. But why, why is that? Why, why are we to pray for a relationship for a relationship say more a relationship with God I mean you can't mm-hmm. have a relationship if you don't communicate so it's just open communication with like person to person okay great anything else besides communication in hopes of aligning our will will yeah I think so I um and I, I think that that it's it's less about presenting our request to God, even though we are to present our request to God, but we are also told in Scripture that, that He knows our request before we do. And so um, so it's really about aligning our will with His. That's, I think that's good. Anything else? I think it's a, it's a need also. A need. Yeah. 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 Say more. Well, I, just, I, I think we, we need that relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, without question. Yeah, we were made made for it, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I, it really prayer is about intimacy with the Father. It's about um, knowledge and communication and alignment. Um, it's about adoration and praise. Um, but you know, I think Jesus to say Jesus is so wise is, is almost silly to say. But um, but to to say that. Jesus is so instructive as he gives us this prayer that he orients us uh, to the Father first. There's three, two sets of three petitions. Uh, the first petition is, Hallowed be thy name, let, let thy name be holy. Uh, let your kingdom come, let your will be done uh, on earth as it is in heaven. And so those three petitions orient us to the, to, the, uh, to the Father before we begin to pray about ourselves. I can't tell you, I mean, probably every day that I... That I start in prayer, dear Lord, please help me today. And then I have to, I've, I've, this class has sort of helped me remember to stop short and, 
and just offer um, praise and sort of align myself and orient myself to Him. Um, what is what is your experience of prayer? I, I know that when I ask you in front of the class, you know, are you a really good prayer? Nobody's going to say, oh, I'm a really good prayer. Um, but um, some of you I, I know are, are sort of drawn to prayer. Some of you, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I personally find prayer difficult, um, which surprises people sometimes because I'm, you know, I'm a man of the cloth or whatever, but um, I'm a man before that. So um, it's, uh, I, I find prayer uh, difficult and something I have to remember to do. Yeah. In your mm-hmm. sermon you were talking about finding that rest and that place mm-hmm. of happiness mm-hmm. and peace, and, and you go away from prayer with more of a sense of mm-hmm. being at peace because you feel reconnected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that has to do with the, the alignment mm-hmm. that Amy, Amy was talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Catherine. I find that my prayers are more childlike. Hmm. That I realized one day when I was sitting there and you had somebody go, Mama, 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 Mama. Yeah. They're just constantly talking to you, and I find that that's what my prayers are more like. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, just settle down and have a nice, formal, well thought out prayer. Mine is more like in spurts all day. That sounds a lot like life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is good. I mean, that, it's good to have prayer like like your life. You know, and and um, I think the liturgy is helpful in, in sort of maintaining a, a sort of formal formal reverence. But I think just, I mean, the scriptures say pray without ceasing, but we live life without ceasing, and so prayer has to be part of that. And so I think I think you're on track with that. Anybody else? What you, you find prayer um, a tap? Maybe you don't get to prayer much, and maybe that's why that's why I'm here uh, on Sunday. <laughs> Make sure you do it. Too selfish, something. Too selfish. Or too often, it's because I need, some, I, I want something, need something. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. I find it affirming. Okay. You know, the, the God spends time in adoration. Back to you. Is that? No, I, yeah. <laughs> You're doing a great job. Yeah. <laughs> we were meant to have that sort of intimate relationship. Uh huh. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. By the way, I'm sure Chip learned that on the men's hike. <laughs> so, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Which is October 11th to 14th. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, you were going to say something? Yeah. I think, I mean, it's tough to kind of escape the environment with the image of You really need to, I mean, we're not to do it. It's kind of like, um, you know, when you're praying for a reason or at a time, and you're not really Mm-hmm. Um, so you may be rushed, or you may be, um, you know, praying for a particular need. Mm-hmm. It's really good to try to somehow not let those external factors really influence your prayer. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, so we often come to God uh, in uh, in prayer uh, for a specific need, rather than sort of allowing that time to quiet our hearts before uh, the Lord. Um, I want to commend to you, I mean, 
some a lot of people don't even know that the advent in all of its sort of wonderful formality has an incredible prayer ministry called the Advent House. Uh, the Advent House is a house. Um, it's on Arlington. Is that the name of the street? Uh, south side. And um, I've been there a few times for prayer. I, um, and in fact, I, I try to go before every uh, every men's hike. And Amy and I have been a couple of times. And I um, the 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 room that you pray. I can remember specifically the last time I was there being prayed for, feeling like walking into the the room that they do the praying, and feeling like just safe. Like it was a, like it was a cave of safety. Um, and I just want to commend that to you. Uh, it, it, you need to be prayed for. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, maybe you have something big in your life. Maybe you don't. But but um, you certainly can avail yourself of that prayer. And and man, what a wonderful ministry it is. If you find yourself uh, and particularly men, uh, we, there's a real need for men on the prayer teams as well. So if you, um, but if you find yourself as, as one who uh, loves to pray or is drawn to prayer, that's a, that's a gift. Um, that's not something that's just natural or that you're supposed to. But if you really feel yourself drawn to prayer, if you don't, then you're, you still should pray. But if you do, then you might consider um, what a ministry uh, through the Advent House would, would look like. Catherine, you're on, on the teams, and I'm not sure if Marnie, I think, is. And, but um, but the... Um, it's, a, it's an incredible ministry. So I just wanted to uh, point that out as we talk about uh, prayer. So the Lord's Prayer, we have these three um, petitions that orient us uh, to God, His uh, holiness. Uh, the petitions uh, have to do with His holiness, His kingship, and uh, His sovereignty. His uh, hallowed be thy name, His holiness, uh, thy kingdom come, and then thy will be done. He's sovereign. It's, we're asking for, for God's will uh, to be done on earth as it is. In heaven, but then we have three petitions. Uh, once we are rightly oriented to God, that focus uh, on us, they focus on our needs, uh, and they address the physical, the mental, and we might also say uh, the mind and the soul in that, and the spiritual. Um, uh, g- the physical, give us this day our daily bread. Uh, the mental and um, the mind and soul, um, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass. Against us and the spiritual, lead us not into temptation. We're seeking to see on the horizon. We're going to face um, spiritual conflict. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Uh, One of uh, our favorite preachers, when I say our, the clergy staff uh, often turns to Martin Lloyd Jones, David Martin Lloyd Jones. He's uh, dead now, but he was just one of the towering uh, preacher in the in the 50s and 60s and uh, early 70s. Uh, he, and he said, um, our whole life is found there in those three petitions. Uh, speaking of the, the three petitions that uh, for us, our whole life is found there in those three petitions, and that is what makes this prayer so utterly amazing. In such a small compass, our Lord has covered the whole life of the believer in every respect. Our physical needs, our mental needs, and of course our spiritual needs are included. The body is remembered, the soul is remembered, the spirit is remembered. And that is the whole of man, body, soul, and spirit. Um, so give us this day our, our daily bread. Uh, it's a it's a little a little phrase and and one that we uh, again skim over. James uh, 1.17 says every good and every good gift and every perfect gift is is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, uh, who with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Just Throw it out there. What do you when you think of that this particular petition? Give us this day our daily bread. What 
what comes to mind for you? What what do you think of? How do how do you think of this petition? I think give us Jesus every day because that He is our daily bread. Yeah, He says, "I'm the bread of life." Good, good. I think that's my fourth point, so that's good. Yeah. No, that's good. That's I mean, I asked you that. I, I hope that's good. It's a good that you. That's good. So yeah, give us Jesus. What else? Sustenance. Sustenance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For me, I always try to. It makes me think not to jump ahead because for me, I want to worry about everything. So I think give me this day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So not yeah, thinking about today rather than down the road. Okay. Good. Those are all really, uh, really good. Every good gift um, and every perfect gift is from above. It's our Father who gives. Remember, we began this prayer, uh, our Father, and we said that, that He is not our Father unless we are in Christ. Uh, he is our Father because we are in Christ, who is the Son of God, and He we become His children because we are identified with and attached to the Son of God. And so He is our Father because we are in Christ. And so we come as children, and it's the Father's office to provide uh, for His children. Um, later, in the, this is, we're in the Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew, and later in the Sermon on the Mount, He says, Which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. And you can just think of Jesus' audience thinking, well, of course, nobody would do that. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? And so it is part of being children of God that we come to the Father for the things uh, that we need. That's his office. In the same way that it is uh, our office as parents to provide for our children, um, and, and to and, you know, there's a, I think a, generally there's a real sense of delight in providing for our children and surprising uh, our children. I can I can think of a um, particular time with with one of our kids who uh, was they weren't they weren't going to get this child wasn't going to get dessert because of uh, something that that they had done, and so. Um, and and was really kind of pouting about it. And I, I wasn't gonna give. I wasn't. There's no ice cream coming for that. Are you kidding me? And and there was. You may say. I mean, parents with with more experience, you can happily uh, correct me on this. Um, but I, I went in later, and and this is uh, this is no pat on my back or anything. But I just went in with one scoop in a, in a spoon and said, I, I, before, I mean, I said, I want, I want to tell you something. Uh, you do not deserve any reward for this behavior. Uh, and, yes, Daddy, I understand. And, uh, and so, but I'm, I want, so this is not a reward, but I want to give, because I delight in giving it. It's just one little scoop of ice cream. And eyes light up. I mean, it was just, it just made, makes, makes you happy to give, give good things to your kids that, that, that they love. Um, so it's it's really um, it, it's the father's office, not not that it's not the mother's office, uh, obviously, uh, but it's the father's office to, to provide for and to give good things to to their children. And if we know how to give good gifts to our kids, certainly the father uh, gives good gifts. Now, how can we trust that he's going to give? How can we trust? Other, I mean, we he, he's the father, um, but I can't. I, I just thought of three things. Number one, he owns it all. 
He owns it all already. Um, uh, Psalm 24.1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Now this is a passage that I use uh, a lot if I'm teaching on stewardship. Um, but the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And what that means is that it's not yours. All the things that you have, all the things that you've earned, all the, the things that you've paid for, bought and paid for or still owe money on, uh, none of it is actually yours. And in fact, you are not yours and your kids are not yours. Uh, it all belongs to the Lord. And what this does, if we understand that it all belongs to the Lord already, and that it places us in a dependent relationship, child to father, places us, we're asking the Lord to provide, rather than the Lord asking us to provide. I mean, we know that um, it's it's fall, fall is in the air, football is going on, so what does that mean in church year? Stewardship, yay! <laughs> we start stewardship talks next week, it's going to be awesome. Um, and, uh, and, and, and sort of the way that we sort of think about it, the way that we orient it, to say no criticism of how we do things around here, but we sort of it sort of feels like the Lord is asking us to provide. Who is in the dependent relationship here? We are in the dependent relationship with the Lord. And so, it's all His already. Now, we do, we are asked to give, uh, without question. We're asked to give of the things that He has given us in order to be like Him. It's part of His nature to give. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Um, so we're asked to give the things that He's given us in order to be like Him, to exercise trust. Have you ever have you ever put yourself in a position where you had to trust the Lord by because you gave so much? I'm gonna. He's asking me to give this. He's asking me to give 10% of my income. I can't afford that. Good. Then you have to trust the Lord for Him to provide. Um, to exercise trust that He will continue to provide. Um, and, and so, if, if we understand that it's all the Lord's, and we're just at, we're actually just managers, you know what the biblical word for manager is? Steward. So stewardship isn't actually just a fall season. It's not church code for we want your money or we've got to build a building or something like that. It's it's actually a, a, a way of the Christian life that we are. Uh, it's a lifestyle of faithfulness. Every season is stewardship season because every there's never a time where it's not all His and you're just managing it. So that's the first thing. How can we trust that He'll give? Well, he, our Father is rich. <laughs> it's all His. It's all His. And He gave His Son, Jesus. I mean, that's that's we see it on the cross that um, that He emptied Himself. He gave up uh, Himself. And I don't want to get into the Trinity. Did God give His Son? Did the Son give Himself? That yes, is to all of that. Um, but God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. He gave His Son for the express purpose of becoming our Father. That's why He gave His Son. So that He might become our Father. And number three, we can trust uh, that He'll give because He will provide uh, for our needs. He's, he has said that in His Word. Um, whenever... He doesn't provide. I mean, there's all sorts of promises about God providing for our needs. And not all of us, but many of us, most of us, probably have not known a time where we've really wondered if where our next meal is coming from. Um, where are we going to spend the night tonight? And we don't know need like that. Um, 
But even when those things are taken away, and God God will use that suffering in a way that will glorify Himself, uh, that is the exception and not the rule. Uh, God provides for those uh, for His children. Um, now there, I mean, I think there's it's a two-way relationship. Not to put law on it, but there's a there's a two-way relationship. Now, uh, so we can trust that He'll give because. Um, because of those things, he owns it all. He gave his son. Uh, he's going to provide. He promises to provide for our needs. Uh, any any thoughts about that? About trusting him? Yeah. I mean, I just I think when you ask that question, like, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. How can we trust that he's going to provide? I mean, I feel like the biggest one is just when you zoom out and take a minute and look at your life, like look back in your own life and bigger than that, look back in scripture, you know, like look back mm-hmm. throughout uh, all the time <laughs> and and you can just see that he is, he's true, I mean he is a provider and um, that's, I mean in, in times that, you know just in my humanness I think, you know golly, this is not working out or how is this going to work and and then you can just look back and say I know he's going to provide. Mm-hmm. It may not look like what I think it's supposed to look like. The more we put ourselves in a position that he has to provide, and we see him provide, we know he'll provide. And so I think you're right. I think yeah, history, <coughs> history tells us our own personal history. Uh, that's right. And we also see it. I mean, that's why testimony is so important. Sharing our faith stories uh, in small groups and in other uh, settings um, to share your faith with one, with one another it reminds you, but also encourages encourages others. So, so thanks. Um, anything else? Comments on that? Um, we might expect that this petition, give us this day our daily bread, come, would come last. Because this is our, you know, it's, we would think that Jesus might put the spiritual, like, that would be the most important thing. Um, and if he got around to it, then he might get to our bodies, because we think of our bodies you know, as material and earthly. Um, and we would, might think that would be of least importance, but God is, is concerned with our bodies. God is concerned with the physical nature of ourselves. Um, before sort of climbing the heights to the spiritual need, needs that we have, God, uh, Jesus lays the foundation, uh, and he, he builds the foundation. Our bodies that he has given us encapsulate uh, our souls. I mean, there is, uh, Paul says that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and what Paul means is that the Holy Spirit literally and physically dwells in us as Christians. And so your body matters. Does that mean that you, um, you know, people use that and they talk about fitness, physical fitness and diet or whatever. I think those things are really important. You only get one body, one capsule for your soul. And I think it's important to take care of it in that way. But um, I don't think that there's an exercise mandate in Scripture. Um, and uh, But uh, I do think that uh, we... Jesus is recognizing that we are alive and we have to be kept alive. That's the way that God has has seen fit to do glory in this world is largely through His children and through His people and the working of His Holy Spirit through His people. And if His people are healthy, then we can get a lot of work done. So, I mean that you know what I think you know what I mean in that. So He's saying that we are alive. The one uh, to keep us alive is our Provider. It's God our Father. Um, and he's he's concerned with the details of our life, even our daily bread. I mean, the hairs on your head are numbered. 
uh, the, he is he is, the sparrow doesn't fall apart from the hand of the father. He's the creator of the universe is concerned with whether or not you got bread on your plate. I mean, I don't I don't think it only means bread. Obviously, I think it just it means you know our, our daily uh, needs. Um, do you do you live that way? That God is concerned with the details. Do you, do you sort of have that expectation? You find it difficult to remember that. Sometimes, Frank, you were saying that sometimes we just come to Him when we need something. So sometimes it may be hard to remember until we realize that need that that God's in the details. I mean, He is in the macro, but He's also in the micro. That's part of the incredible nature, I think, of God. Um, so he's concerned with the physical nature of our bodies. Um, another thing to think about this this petition, uh, give us this day what we need uh, for today. Uh, it doesn't say what we want for today. There's a big, as you, you teach your children, there's a big difference between uh, what you need and what you want, um, but we don't often, at least I don't, um, make that distinction in my own life, um, and that's a lot about what this what the sermon's about this morning, um, things that we we want, things we think we got to have, are often very different from our our needs, and um, and I, this, is, this is not intended to be a, another um, side commercial for the men's hike, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the great things about taking it all on your back is you really kind of get a sense of all the stuff that I have and enjoy and think I need for my life that I don't have and it turns out great on the hike I kind of get a sense of what I need like I can you know I eat this meal that I wouldn't touch at home and man it is so good out on the out on the trail um it uh and ramen noodles is awesome and um (laughs) What do you need? What do you need? Uh, you know, uh, you just, you, you don't need much. Yeah. Somewhere in Scripture it says, with, if I have food and, and clothing and shelter, then, then I shall be content. And, um, and man, we, we elaborate on that. And that's our wants. But it just says, um, it, it's really about what we need. And again, it's not limited to bread. It's, it's what we need, the thing, all the things that we need. For today, and what does that say too? It's it's what about tomorrow? Well, tomorrow's in God's hands, isn't it? In the same sermon, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says tomorrow has got to worry for itself. Today's got en- enough trouble, and so we're coming today for uh, today's needs, and then tomorrow <clears throat> we'll come for tomorrow's needs. Um, which is not to say you shouldn't plan. I mean, I don't I don't mean you shouldn't plan, but you also shouldn't expect that your plan is going to exceed God's plan. I'm going to do it here in a few minutes. Um, that God, it's in God's hands. Tomorrow's in God's hands. And you can rest uh, knowing that. Um, but isn't it interesting that Jesus has set this prayer up so that we have to come to the Father repeatedly? Give us today our daily bread, and tomorrow I'll see you again. Because I'll have just as much need tomorrow, maybe more. Um and then the next day, and the next day, that Jesus has set this prayer up to have ongoing intimacy with, with the Father. 
Um, I think this prayer is is certainly physical, but I think it is also spiritual. To your point, um, Jesus said to them, "I am." This is John six. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And I think about you know what a privilege as a um, as a minister to celebrate uh, the Eucharist and to lift up the elements and say these are the gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on Him in your hearts uh, by faith with thanksgiving. Uh, feed on Him the bread of life. Um, you know, as we take communion, uh, what we believe is that uh, they, the elements are somehow changed. That it, I, we don't, I don't, it's not, I don't believe in transubstantiation. I don't believe, it's not flesh on the on the plate, but the Holy Spirit is somewhere uh, somehow. It's a sort of mystery on the elements. I don't mean sort of a mystery. It's a mystery. Um, you look at it under a microscope. It's bread and wine. I mean, I don't, I don't think it changes in that sense, but. But they are special. I mean, they're consecrated. And as the reason that we... we um, but it, but to someone who takes them without belief, they're they're just bread and wine. They're not the body and blood of Christ. And you can eat till you get your fill. You can drink till you get drunk. And it's not the blood of Christ if you don't have faith. Um, but if you have faith, if the Holy Spirit lives in you, then it is to you the body and blood of Christ, and that as you take those things into yourself, and, and just like any food, it becomes part of your body, we are taken into Christ and become part of His body. And um, and so there is a spiritual need where Jesus said, whoever comes to me will never hunger. And I don't think it's possibly that He could be mean that He'll never have physical hunger. I mean, He gave manna, I mean, He gave uh, bread in the wilderness. God gave manna in the wilderness to the Old Testament. And then uh, Jesus fed the 5,000 uh, in the wilderness. Uh, just a little bread, a little fish. Um, as a, and, and they came back the next day. Remember that? They, they were, and Jesus said, you're, you're coming to me because you just want bread. Um, and, and in fact, that's, that's where Jesus goes into the part that he's actually the bread. He's the, the real bread. Uh, come to Jesus for Jesus. And... Um, My rabbit trail. I got off the rabbit trail. Um, but um, Jesus, the the point of the miracle uh, is is not um, to satisfy, but to point to the one who satisfies. That the bread in the wilderness uh, is is to point to Jesus, who is our bread in our wilderness, the one who satisfies. So I think that there is we can take a spiritual meaning from this. That uh, I think first and foremost is a physical need, and the only reason I say that is because it goes into spiritual needs in just a minute. But I think uh, we're not overstepping when we say that Jesus is our true bread, uh, that He is the one that we are uh, to feed on, and um, and that we are to feed on Him in our hearts by faith uh, with thanksgiving. And so, uh, so as we come to to uh, this part of the prayer, this petition. Give us this day our daily bread. We, uh, it's a prayer that is designed to be repeated. Uh, we'll need to come back tomorrow uh, to give us our needs today, not our wants. And um, and, and yet it is uh, about again about intimacy uh, with the Father who wants to provide. Uh, I am that. That's the end of my notes. But I would love to. If you have anything that you want to say about that. Any?
Anything to add or questions that it might have brought up? It wasn't clear. It was clear. Your needs and wants thing reminds me. <coughs> Football players praying to God after they score a touchdown. They seem to think their daily bread is a touchdown. So well, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't. Oh, well, it, well, yeah. Maybe I mean, what they need is not to score one. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's all a matter of perspective, and uh, yeah, yeah. I just wonder if we're doing this, if we do the same thing. Yeah, uh, I would rather do that than rip off their helmets and pound their chest and say, "Look at me." But, um, but yeah, I think I think that I sometimes it's a show. I, I can't judge the part of a man, but does God care if the Bron- Broncos win instead of the Cowboys? I guess. No, I don't think that, I don't I don't think <laughs> God cares who wins, but I, I think He probably does care if if the player who does the winning gives glory or not yeah. in our own lives too. I, I wanted to share something. Several years ago, like five or six years mm-hmm. ago, um, a group of us we run two or three times, a week, and we decided that we were going to do a like prayer thing mm-hmm. so every single run it was it was a little strange it's yeah it was definitely strange but we set it out we set it out loud it was we were running, mm-hmm. running laps around this huge parking lot and um then we you know would stop a little bit stretch and talk about it and stuff and then the next lap we would run we would um just sort of think about it inside and it had a hmm. profound we, we broke the Lord's Prayer, so it was like we went in sections just like mm-hmm. you're doing. It had a profound effect on me. Cool. And it was interesting doing it as a group. And well, I think about the physical nature of that mm-hmm. spiritual exercise. I mean, that's, yeah. that's That's really good. Yeah. I just love this part. I think mm-hmm. it's still the, I mean, of all the verses in the Lord's Prayer, for some reason, this gives us this day our daily bread. Just is such a reminder mm-hmm. of God's provision. I mean, if every part of that prayer, I, I just for still just for this day, mm-hmm. for God's will this very day, for his work in us and us being present with him, mm-hmm. you know, I just think it's one more powerful reminders yeah. you know, of my need for him. That's right. I need to pause, you know, yeah. to wait for him. Thank you, yeah. To give me, whether it be food or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I need, I love that heart. Mm. Joe, it's just like you mentioned earlier about the manna from heaven. Mm-hmm can't save it. You have to do it every day. That's right, yeah. That manna from heaven. That, you know that story that where, where the Israelites took it in and whenever they took too much, like they were going to save some of the next day, it rot. It had maggots and stuff. They had to get it only what they needed for the day and then trust the Lord provide the next day. That's right. Okay. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord and we'll see you next week.